Homestyle Green, episode 143. What makes foam such a good building product? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. This week we're going back stateside and we are talking to Curtis Van Dyke, who's the Director of Product Development and Building Products at RL Adams Plastic. And RL Adams Plastic, uh, they hang out in Greater Grand Rapids in Michigan. And among other things, they produce foam. And foam is, is an interesting product. We're talking polystyrene, uh, expander foam, that, that sort of thing. A lot of people got some concerns about foam, and rightly so. It's good to question where products come from and the chemicals that are used in the production process, but also the things that, that off-gas and, and how those products perform over the lifespan of a building as well. These are all issues that foam uh, have, and uh, people, rightly so, question them. But the thing is, foam has such a good R value and is such a good building product that it's really hard to go past for uh, an insulating material. So anyway, I spoke to Curtis about some of their innovative products that uh, are similar to some of the other products that I've talked about on this show in the past. But before getting into the details, I asked Curtis why he does what he does. As I mentioned before, we're, we're one of the first companies in the United States that produce the polystyrene foam with a non-VOC blowing agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for, for the layman terms, that's basically a non-ozo-depleting gas. Um, this allows for a safer working environment in our facilities. Um, so I guess you, you could say we were green before green was cool. But yep. um, um, we're the belief that... Um, the high-quality foam insulation product um, gives the homeowner the long-term value that most are looking for in building and remodeling. So we've, we started off in the early 1980s and um, uh, with, with the right mindset of, of uh, being more environmental friendly with our products. We actually also take our, uh, our, our waste product, our scraps from the product that we produce and we recycle it and put it right back into our products. So it's, uh, we, we do what we do because we, we feel it's the best way to, to do it in the market, not only from an environmental standpoint, but also gives the homeowner uh, the best possible quality product out there. Nice. So it's, it's not just good for the environment, but it's a good quality product, so it's helping them get a better home as well. Absolutely. Which kind of begs the question, why isn't everyone doing it that way? Well, right now... Um, I would think one of the biggest problems that I've seen in, in some of the uh, existing homes and designs is there seems to be the push to use the cheapest material possible. Uh-huh. Um, you know, granted, cheap, I guess you could say, saves money, but it doesn't do well in the in the uh, in the quality aspect of it. Um, I think the uh, one of the biggest things, uh, you know, the word cheap is kind of synonymous with poor quality, and. Mm-hmm. And I think the if you if you look at some of the the uh, products that are out there, when you look at it, uh, the low cost products, they're pretty they're pretty iffy. Um, you know, in most cases, the the you're getting it put up on side of a home or a building and are immediately covering it up. Uh, so in many cases, the homeowner or the 
the end user doesn't even really see what some of the product is being used as, from an insulation factor unless they you know specifically spec that out. So, and some of these products out there are uh, very conducive to retaining moisture and water. Yeah. We've, we've seen many cases where people have gone back and remodeled and added on to a, a resident or, or a commercial building and find black mold behind the, behind the cavity of the wall. Yep. Whereas the unique thing about a polystyrene foam is it, it doesn't retain moisture in it, and it, it's, uh, it's, it actually wicks it away. So it's, it's, a, very, it's a good product. Um, but I think the... I think right now what I see here primarily in the, in the Midwest of the United States is um, it's a really a, it has been a price point driven market and that's then leads you to using, uh, you know, kind of like holding your nose and, and putting up something you know is not very good quality all in the name of a dollar, saving a dollar and then of course you find yourself in problems five years later whereas if you use a quality product, maybe a little more expensive but, not, but still competitive then you don't have to worry about it for another 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, there's quite a lot in there. Uh, I want to come back to the quality uh, price uh, and also the, you mentioned moisture and condensation. Sure. Um, in terms of you, though, I I understand uh, Adam's been around doing this stuff since the 80s. You're a mechanical engineer, is that right? Correct. So why why fire? I mean, that's, it's not a, a, a normal thing for a... a an engineer necessarily to me to be thinking about I'll go and sell some foam. Um, what's in it for you for for doing the job that you're doing at the moment? Well, it's 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 satisfaction and it's and it's knowing that you're always on that you're trying to reach that cutting edge of new technology, new products in the industry. Yeah, um, you know it's 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 the challenge. It keeps most people uh, excited about and continuing on with new ideas. Um, you you. you you see what's going on in the industry and the direction. I'm finally starting to see some of the contractors and architects uh, thinking that maybe quality is coming back and that maybe that's a better way to go. Right. And, and but they're always looking for that new, you know, new item out there. So it's it's the challenge for me is always coming up, staying, trying to stay ahead of the of the market or anticipating what the next. Uh, the next item is going to be out there to get everybody all excited about the about building. And and what have some of those challenges been that you think Adams has overcome? Well, I think the you know as the uh, EPA gets stronger with their restrictions, um, we've been very fortunate in that regards because we already use a non VOC gas, so we don't have to worry about capturing gases and burning them off for the environment. Um, we have a uh, we have a, a good staff inside, so we're always looking and doing R&D uh, efforts uh, almost on a quarterly manner, um, always looking for that better way of doing things. How can we make a uh, still make a quality product and maybe even take some cost out to make it more competitive or, or make it more pleasing to the price point-driven folks out in the industry? Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's look into the technical um – component of foam and we're talking about polystyrene here foam boards and i'll put some pictures up so that people can go and have a look at what we're looking at we'll, we'll discuss some of the, the specific products but you've mentioned capture burning off um if traditional eps xps what what's ne- what's bad about it what you know people some people are, are concerned about using it 
uh, because of environmental <coughs> factors. Specifically, what is it that makes traditional polystyrene bad? Um, I'm not aware of anything that really makes polystyrene bad. I know that EPS um, uh, has a uh, is very brittle, mm -hmm. uh, does break up very easily, does retain moisture. Mm -hmm. um, but from a polystyrene standpoint, I, to be honest, I've never had any, I've never had any complaints in all these years regarding uh, issues with the with the foam in its, as itself. There's no doubt that as a product it performs really well but it, it, the concerns seem to be around the manufacturing process and you mentioned um, the EPA getting stricter on, on some of the things that, that you're not using in your products but uh, if someone was just going to get find the cheapest EPS or XPS or, or foam board um, what what are the concerns there around I mean you've mentioned um, some of the ozone depleting gases but there's also VOCs is that is that normal? Um, Not yeah. talking about your products. I'm talking about other other ways of, of making um, foam board. Sure, sure. And it, as far as what's in the industry outside of us, yeah, um, yeah. They, a lot of the a lot of the businesses or companies are making using a blend, and then they also add uh, chemicals into the product to achieve higher R values. Right. Um, some of the EPS folks also add, they claim to add material in there that are um, bug resistant, mm -hmm. um, which should be concerning to a homeowner because you just don't know what, what additional chemicals are being added to this product that are inside the walls of your home. Right. So on the flip side, you let, let's get a little bit technical for for a moment. You use HFC one five two A. What Correct. is what is that for a non engineer? It's it's basically a it's just a blowing agent gas. Um, the process is you to make foam to make polystyrene foam. Yeah, you have you have a blowing agent gas. Mm -hmm. um, you'll have a resin. A polystyrene resin, mm -hmm. um, which uh, the, the virgin color of resin is white. So anytime you see a polystyrene foam that's not white, uh, that means color concentrate's been added to the material. Right. And there's also material called talc that's added. And in some cases, you may even have uh, uh, other blowing agents added to the product to achieve uh, a particular thickness, um, Levelness, uh, etc. Right. So if it's colored, it's got extra chemicals in it. Yes, sir. It's it'll be a it's they typically be a color concentrate that's added, and uh, that's where things can get kind of dicey if you don't have a good quality control as far as what you're bringing in and what's what's involved in the concentrate because then you're adding uh, foreign material that could otherwise create a uh, a, a problem with uh, passing fire spread tests, etc. Right. And so the this blowing agent, the HFC, uh, that's what's used to expand the resin. Is that correct? And make, and make the bubbles and, and make it the foam yep. that it is. Exactly. And, and that has some global warming potential, HFC, but it's it's far less than a traditional chlorofluorocarbon. Is that? Am I that's, getting that right? That's, that's exactly correct. 
And then they've, they've, on the, there's global warming potential, but then there's also ozone as well, and ozone depletion potential. But what what's uh, what's the relationship with HFC and, and ozone? Is that is that a problem? Um, no, not. I mean, as far as the uh, the uh, non VOC, yeah, no, no problem at all. We've had uh, um, that's just one of the things that. Uh, they pulled out of the aerosol cans way back in the in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. So it's it's we've never had that issue. Whereas a lot of our competition, uh, up until recently, when the regulations are forced them into, either have had to switch, change their equipment, or or purchase an add-on. What we refer to as a burn-off system that basically, as as foam is made, gas escapes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's a depleting gas. If it's a depleting gas, we uh, uh, they have to burn it off. Right, right. So, do you have to capture that gas at all? You, you... No, we we do not. We do not. We we the gas can that we put in comes escapes out of the product over over an aging process. Um, now, for safety measures, we we rotate and exchange our air in our entire facility. Uh, uh, at least four or five times in an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we've never had any issues. Our product, just to give you a good example, our product could be taken right off the finish line, uh, the production line, and sent to a lab and pass a fire flame spread test. Whereas most of our competition could not. They would need to age it for at least 180 days uh, to ensure enough of the gas has escaped um, so it would pass their tests. Wow. That's another advantage that we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, I, I'll put some uh, more information up about that because it, it's it is important and it's confusing because there's lots of all these weird acronyms and letters and numbers and um, people getting their head around because sure. it it's just so hard to go past the good building performance and the R values of foam. I mean, I've I've done a few um, presentations recently comparing. Um, and when you compare foam to other bulk insulants like fiberglass or um, rock wool or um, polyester wool, natural wool, it, it just it outperforms in pure thickness, R value per thickness. It's just such a great material. And then you you have the extra benefit of rigidity, which I think that your tribal product uh, has some great properties around that. Just before I ask Kurt about how foam deals with moisture, I just want to do a quick thanks to ProClimber who support the Homestyle Green podcast and they provide excellent products for your high performance home. And I spoke to Dennis Dowling recently about what he likes in particular about using ProClimber products. There there are several different products on the market and I suppose ProClimber um, benefits from brand leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they have um, quite a good R&D process, and I suppose fundamentally, I'm fairly risk adverse. So while I'm very open to trying new things and looking at things differently and trying to create a new way of, of getting from A to B, um, I don't necessarily like doing that on untested or untried products. Yeah. And ProClima has you know a very long time of being in the market. So while it's relatively new to the New Zealand market, it's been in the market for a long time and it's 
in a lot of very large markets and it does very well. And, it, and as a result of that, it has a system that goes with it. It has a process to follow. It's, it, you can see videos on how it works. People have an understanding of it. It's a relatable um, product to those in the industry who are building in this space. Um, so as a result, um, it's very easy to get any information that you want on it. And further to that, when you come across something, because New Zealand loves to build bespoke architecture, when you come to something that's a little bit different or unique, oftentimes, if there isn't a direct um, comparison that's been done before, there is at least the knowledge resource bank to get that information to you um, that addresses your specific concern. ProClimber, for great performing products and great customer service. Now, let's get back to the interview. But then let's talk about moisture. You mentioned that your product wicks away. Now, I know that some there's been a bit of discussion about what's better, EPS or XPS, in turn, particularly if you're using insulation um, on or near the ground. What, what's, what's best in your opinion and how does it deal with both water um, uh, as water, like moisture, but also water vapor. Okay. Well, I, I will say that polystyrene is a much better product in that regards. Uh, EPS does retain water as much as they try to claim it does. And we've, we've gone through numerous tests, what we refer to as the bucket test, where you actually take a piece of EPS and polystyrene and put it in a bucket of water and leave it in overnight and then look at the results the next day. I think speak, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. The 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 polystyrene we one of the products that we we have a we sell a half inch uh, fan fold polystyrene product that's really made a, a niche in the market for foundation waterproofing. And so you actually so, use it for waterproofing. Yes, sir. We they uh, in most of the below grade applications, it's a wonderful product. Uh, typically, they will spray an adhesive on the foundation. Uh, they will put a, either a membrane or uh, put the foam in the membrane over the foam below grade and it seals the product, it uh-huh. seals the foundation. Um, and, and it's a wonderful waterproofing uh, product. And, and obviously if it works on the foundation, it's gonna work wonderful on the side of your home that it's not uh, exposed to below, below grade uh, weather. Yeah, so it can work below grade and, and above as well. Yep, yes it does. So let's talk about the, um, the, the trifold is it the trifold or the form or the uh, what? it's actually called fanfold. The fanfold. It's a, it's a yeah, it's a product in bundle form. It would be four feet uh, by fifty feet, and then when you open it up, it's almost like an accordion style. You open it up and it expands all the way out to four to fifty feet. Whereas it's in a bundle form, it's just four foot by two foot by maybe nine inches deep. And so when. That's a great analogy, the, the accordion. That, that's a good visual when, when people look at the images there. The advantage, what, what's the main advantage of that when you're on site? Uh, the biggest thing is, is labor savings during installation. Um, it's, it's a lot easier for one man to nail up 50 feet uh, continuous a product versus in some cases where they're using four by eight foot sheets um, especially in windy conditions, uh, whether it's on the side of a home or on the roof or below grade, um, it's a very cumbersome application. Uh, and they basically would have to do one sheet at a time. Whereas I've watched one man walk up 
and, and start one end of the panel and just open it up and walk right down the side of the home and, and uh, nail it or fasten it to the wall. And is this, I mean, you're putting this on the outside of the frame, so if people can, can picture that, uh, sort of unfolding it, putting it across. Is it taking the place of a air barrier or a, a weather barrier on the outside of the framing as well as being the insulation layer? It, it can. That's one of the things that we are uh, just leading up to is we plan on introducing a new product in the first of, first of the year. It's a fan-folded product that will, in fact, be considered a not only an alternative but a better alternative than your standard house wrap. Right. So then you got your wrap and your insulation all right. in one product, all in one layer. Yes, very much so. And then you get our value that you don't get. Uh, I'll be a modest, but you still get an R value you don't get with a house wrap. Yeah. Um, so it's it. We think it's going to be an interesting, maybe even a game changer in the industry. We'll see. So there's your your fan board. Would you at the moment would you insulate inside of that as well, or would it would the would the fan fold be adequate as just in the total insulation? Um. It you know it just depends a lot on the building code. Uh, right. Typically. Typically, uh, you will still uh, have um, some sprayed-in or blown-in insulation on the inside of the of the studs inside the home or building. Right. Um, it just really what's going to dictate that will be the the building code of that area. Right. And what about on the outside? Do do most people put a, some sort of battens and cavity system on the outside before putting the the sheeting or the cladding on the outside? Typically, I've you'll see some uh, what we call OSB board or chipboard yeah. uh, put up on the outside and then put the foam right over the top of it. Oh, okay. And and then what on the outside of that? And then it depends on what the what they're putting up. It could be siding. Yeah. Uh, it could be uh, metal sheets. Um, what typically whatever someone's, you know, it could be wood clapboard. Just depends on what the... Uh, what the homeowner or building owner are, are putting on the outside of their home. And would, would there normally be a cavity um, between the the polystyrene and that and the the, the sheathing? Oh, sorry, uh, the uh, the uh, external cladding. Yeah, there uh, the 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 space would be whatever's generated naturally from the uh, material that they're fastening to the wall. Right. Right. Okay. Very interesting. So um, you got a, you products under development, which we'll, we'll keep an eye out on to, to see those. It's always exciting to see uh, new stuff um, coming out. But you, we were talking before that this type of insulating around the outside of the frame and putting up a material like this is, is fairly commonplace in your part of the world. Not so much in Europe uh, and only just sort of starting around Australasia and down where I am, do you see it growing in the future? Yes, I do. I think, I think it's going to take a little more educating for, for the architects, for the contractors, and, and obviously for the homeowners yeah. or building owners. But um, there's, a, there's a value added here that I think has been totally unrealized by many people. Mm -hmm. And I think the I've had some brief conversations uh, with some of the Dow Chemical folks in uh, in Germany, they've actually sold some product in there for for test marketing, and um, it was very well received. Uh, and then, unfortunately, there was a, a economic downturn in Europe, and it pretty much put everything at 
on a standstill. But I think there's uh, the unique thing about the polystyrene foam is it, it can be used at just about any kind of a structure, whether it's brick uh, or behind a brick facing. Um, could be used in metal studs, wood studs. Uh, it, it's very conducive and pliable, but also offers rigidity, unlike some of the other products out there like EPS where uh, you have to be very careful when you're even fastening it uh, to, an, to, a, to a building because you might crack the, the foam. And if you crack any EPS with the film, you just created an area where uh, moisture can, can get into the product very easily. Yeah. So yours, uh, you avoid that cracking. Is that because of the construction of the, the board? Yes, sir. Right. Um, we haven't talked numbers. Can you give us some R values for, for thickness? And I don't know if you can give us the, um, the metric uh, R values. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to cha- challenge me. Um, if I, not, I, I can convert it. Okay. Well, it's... it's uh, well, I guess we'll have to have you convert it. So I don't want to misspeak, but sure. um, our values range. Uh, for example, uh, quarter inch would typically be an R of one, um, where you can go up to half inch, which is an R of two point five. You get to uh, one inch, which is an R five, uh, and then it just systematically goes up from there. Typically, you don't see much use above two inches. Unless someone's using uh, a special frame frame network for foundation pouring, yeah. And the the inch the one inch thick that's not the the folding one, is it? No, sir. It'd be that would be your uh, four by eight sheets. What thickness does that go up to? The the folding one, half inch. Right. Okay. So you're still getting a reasonable um, level in that product, which I imagine is is so much easier to handle on site. Oh, absolutely. I, I especially in the, especially in the uh, when it's used in roofing or in the foundation applications. Uh, yeah. You know, typically one one man can install up what typically takes two. You know, equivalent of three four by eight sheets, uh, whereas that would take three men to do. Yeah. So I think yeah. one of the one of the biggest things we found is the contractors have have touted uh, labor savings on site. As well as a better product. Yeah, right. Which brings us back to the the cost uh, and versus quality. Now you mentioned slight premium on your product versus uh, some of the alternatives. Well, I I would hesitate to say a premium, other than the fact that the competition, these other products have really purposely bottomed out their pricing. Right. Um, to to try to get sway people to, who are after just the price. Yep. But I would say, and give you a good example, in some cases, you're only talking about 50 cents to a dollar more a bundle, um, ver- you know, quality versus something you'd be embarrassed to be seen putting up on a house. <laughs> and and what, how does that compare percentage-wise? What sort of um, percentage extra would that be? Oh, maybe 6%. Right, so it's less than 10% extra um but you're getting getting a superior quality product. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Hey, um, where do, do you in inside the US? I guess mostly we're talking now with the current market. Um, what what's what do you trade as? What what do people look for if they want to find out more? Um, 
Is, is about our product? Yeah, like I guess there, are people likely to come to you as homeowners um, directly or would they say to their architect or builder, go and check this product out? Where, where, would you, where, where should they go? Well, actually, I, I see both. Um, right. I, I probably field at least five calls a week from homeowners with questions. Great. Um, so they should probably, talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and I probably hear uh, from architects, it uh, depends if there's a bid, a bid uh, session going on, they may call and ask questions if somebody has requested our product, right. which, which we're seeing more and more of. Uh-huh. Um, and, and a lot of times I'll get people that will visit our website, uh, goadams.com, and we have some of the training videos that are on there as well that I've done doing product comparisons. They've seen the videos and they've called me up to ask me, um, they tell me about what they're planning on doing if they, and if I believe that that was the best application. Right, right. Oh, excellent. And it's good that you mentioned those videos because I'll, I'll put a link up in the show notes of this um, interview as well so people can have a look at that because there's some great – it is kind of hard to – and I've got a picture in front of me, but um, if you're just listening to, to it, it's a little bit hard to – figure out necessarily what we're, we're talking about. So um, that's a very useful marketing tool. So you mentioned uh, goadams.com. Is that the best place for people to find out more? Yes, yes. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time uh, today, Kurt. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, explaining a bit more about what makes your product different. And looking forward to some of those other newer ones coming out into the market and, and keep pushing the the quality and the performance uh, barriers up further and further. Well, I should appreciate your interest and your, your willingness to give us the time to talk. Pleasure. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Curtis Van Dyke there, the Product Development and Building Products Director at RL Adams Plastics. Now, obviously, he is in the Michigan area in the U.S., uh, but some really interesting information there about foam, which is available all over the place. Um, certainly we have a lot of it here in, in various different forms in New Zealand, Australia, and I know in the UK and across the North America, it's pretty popular as well. Interested in your thoughts on that? Would you use these products in your home? Have you got concerns about chemicals, off-gassing, those sorts of things? Or can you just not go past that incredible high R values that foam has to offer? Let's get your thoughts. You can head over to homestylegreen.com forward slash 143. Leave a comment in the show notes there. Um, also, you can ask a question on Facebook, shout out on Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn, Google Plus, and a few other places as well. That's it for me from uh, for this week. Thank you very much for listening in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show in iTunes so you don't miss out on uh, future episodes. And I'll uh, talk to you again next week. Now go make a better place to live.